can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. And welcome to the first anniversary of Hiya, the only podcast that's mastered the triple leg takedown. <laughs> Episode 32, recorded March 24th, 2013, starts now, and we have a full roundtable session going on in the house. Yes, we do. Uh, it's me, Dave Jones. Uh, we've got uh, Large Dale here. Yeah. Hi, Big Marge. Marge. Magnificent Jay. And the intrepid Craig. And also, as a special guest ride-along tonight, we've got uh, Slammin' Sambo Steve Kepfer with us. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I want to say, my first trip back um, and the anniversary episode, I'm glad that we got the penis joke right out of the, right out of the gate. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to change our tag once again. That's okay. Um that's okay. The podcast had started sounding a little bit like fresh air the last three or four episodes anyway, because <laughs> it was just me talking to one person. You don't exactly get the zoo crew aspect going. And let's, uh, let's take a moment here uh, just to quickly reflect on this, uh, this welter of a year. Uh, one thing I want to do while we're all on mics here is thank Steven for being such a super friend of the show and hooking us up with so many cool people. Uh, Definitely. You know, he, he was, he's a great interview, but he's also been helping us out ever since. Hey, and, right on. And bringing some serious knowledge to the table that we lacked in that area. Definitely appreciate that. Well, that's great. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys, man. It, I can't believe it's a year already. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> Time oh, I, flies. I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've only had to do like two shows with us. Well, yeah, three, maybe. <laughs> but I gotta and say, you can the last one because you did it outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's been a hell of a year, and, and I'm so happy that we're here. We we have kicked ass, man. We really have. Our numbers are, are just going up and up, and, and that's to uh, we got eight or to nine you, people our listeners. Actually got eight, wait, ten now? Up no, we're, we're pretty All big the way up, up to there. 15 or 20 He's now, not talking about in the room. <laughs> I'm talking about the downloads and, and the fans and all that kind of stuff and, and the mail that comes into us. You know, thank you, listeners. It's It's been a hell of a ride, and we're going to keep rocking yeah. it with your help. Right on, man. And, and let's face it, in the room, me and Steve are probably the only two people that listen to the podcast. Hey, that's, oh, that's, oh, not, that's not true. I, I've, I've listened to some. Yeah. And my wife. And my wife, because I force her to listen to it. There Sweet. you go. <laughs> right on. And, and I've listened to at least the ones I've been on. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing to get out real quick, uh, part of the reason, not only because it's our first anniversary, we're having Jeremy back on the show, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Magnificent Jay, the cat's <laughs> out of the bag. Um, <laughs> it's not the first time. It's cool. <laughs> is Yeah. Is, is because he is leaving us. He's moving back to South Georgia. and he's Yes, I am. And, and what part of South Georgia? Um, it, it's southeast Georgia. That's about as specific. Does have a that's, town all, that's all the more specific. You're I'm not gonna going get to Thomasville? On this format, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, it sounds like you've got a podcast coming. Uh, you want to go ahead and plug that well, so people I'm, can find you even after you've left? Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm working on a couple uh, right now. We've been, um, we've been recording episodes for um, uh, a show called We'd Both Be Wrong, which is kind of a humorous debate show. The, the premise was... We want to take topics that people can't be friends and disagree about, and then disagree about them and try to stay friends. 
Facebook Firestarters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mean what absolutely. we do at Dave's pretty much every time we hang out? So we're talking about <laughs> things like gun control, and we're talking about things like, uh, I'm sure we'll get around to some of the biggies like abortion and various other religion, you know, all the stuff they tell you not to talk about at work. Yeah. We're talking about that kind of stuff. So All right. Cool. And super not cool. safe for work. Um, we haven't launched yet, but I'll, I'll definitely get back to you when, when we do. And so... We'll keep you posted about that in our show notes if Craig ever starts doing them again. I might. I might. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, look, uh, that's probably all the blather we need about this up front. Uh, we're going to go ahead and slip out of the champagne lounge. I and missed that champagne lounge. Get fully loaded. Oh, yeah. You know, they've been asking about you in there, too. Yes, they have. <laughs> and we'll be right back with some discussion, some uh, movie talk, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So hang on, people. We're back. Um, so I can't believe you did that junk out there. Let's, uh, <laughs> I love the way you remodeled champagne. <laughs> hey, thank you, Big Al. Nobody else mentioned it, but uh, I put a lot of work into that. Um, I was impressed. I know. Now you can actually fit the legs around the table. Never mind. <laughs> All right, so we're running the serious risk with five of us on all at once of degenerating into pure nonsense. So <laughs> let's make sure we talk some martial arts before that happens. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to throw out there, and uh, I think everybody's going to have their own perspective on this because the word can mean several different things in relation to martial arts, but let's talk about sandbagging. Uh, just to give a quick overview, I think, uh, one of the main things that we as traditionalists use uh, the term for is to talk about people who are working a, an application, especially a new application with you, and they refuse to let you do it yeah. because they know what you're going to do and you're not trying to muscle your way through it, but they just they want to feel cocky by, oh, I could stop that. Um, <laughs> it's like adding, it's like jumping to the third step of, of trying to get mastery over a skill and say, no, no, you got to add some lot, you know, aliveness to it. I'm like, dude, we're just learning it right now. Not even that. They just won't let you practice it on them. You right. know, they're saying they, they know what you're going to do. So they're going to make it hard at every step. So you have to, basically you have to do something other than what you're supposed to be working on yeah, to get exactly. at it. Yeah. Or you got to really hurt them. Exactly. <laughs> well, it boils down to, and they make it a competition when it's supposed to be a cooperation. Right. At that level, yep. exactly. So that's sandbagging on that level. I'm going to go ahead and throw all three points out here, and we can just bounce around. All right. Uh, the second one is I, I, <laughs> I saw in Steve's uh, 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 Facebook feed recently, uh, somebody had been cribbing videos from him and other people. Um, somebody who's part of the Sambo community, I guess, and putting little flashing fake signs on them and showing how that shit wouldn't work. Um, apparently not grasping the fact that you can counter anything if you know what somebody's about to do to you. And, uh, you know, it, it, if you're saying that if it's counterable, 
it's fake, <laughs> yeah. then you're pretty much excluding all of martial arts because if there was a perfect technique that you couldn't counter... That would be the school everybody's going to. Right, everybody yeah. would just learn that one technique and nobody would touch each other because they were all deadly. <laughs> <Right. you know? laughs> well, but now we know that you can find that perfect technique on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just met you and I like you already. <laughs> And, you got to go uh, back to the champagne lounge. You could buy me a drink after you say something hey, like that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the drinks are on me. Drinks are in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a- anyway, third topic, and this is another thing that that, that I just recently discovered involving uh, uh, jujitsu uh, and uh, not so much mixed martial arts, but jujitsu specifically. or is it Brazilian? Uh, Brazilian right. main, uh, competitive jujitsu is that uh, sandbagging is a technical term for them referring to the fact that hmm. you can take someone and hold them even as they improve through uh, the system in a fighter uh, yeah. at a certain belt level so they can go out and try to clean up at competitions. Yeah. Um, so let's start there and work backwards, Steve. How common is that practice? Because it's got to get blurry when you also think about, well, you want high standards. You don't want people just passing out belts. So holding people for periods of time till they learn the curriculum or whatever is, is the right thing to do, you know? Sure. Well, it's, it's sort of uh, one of the, uh, not problems, but one of the reasons, I guess, that this sort of phenomenon happens is that uh, the grappling tournament scene has evolved to have these different experience divisions, you know. So in more traditional settings like BJJ tournaments, it could be by belt color. And in open grappling tournaments, it would be something like novice, beginning, beginner, intermediate, advanced, etc. cetera. Okay. Um, and like, so if you're, at, let's say in Sambo, uh, in the Sambo world, there is no experience division. So everybody just goes into the same pool and competes. And if you go against a more experienced guy, you just going to be content with learning something, right. um, you know, yeah. and, or not. you know, kind of similar, similar to rest, wrestling, uh, collegiate wrestling, you know, you may be new on the team and you may end up going against the senior player from another team. Right. But in the, in the grappling world, you, what you have is referred to as sandbagging, which is where somebody of more experience will stay in the lower divisions just to, to clean up. And, um, sometimes it's more, you know, nefarious and sometimes it's innocent or because uh, it is really hard to gauge somebody's skill level until they start competing. So an example would be, let's say, somebody who's a four-year of high school and four-year of collegiate wrestler, but he's got three months of jujitsu, so he enters the, the white belt division right. and smoke and smokes everybody because he out-wrestles them. You know? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, so that's the kind of problem there is. And then there's also the people who intentionally – will compete in lower ranks, you know. Um, I always tell my guys uh, that if you we, – we try to push our guys up to higher ranks because at least if you're losing, you're losing to honest people. You there know? you go. Yeah, and you're learning by <laughs> fighting more experienced people. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's old school traditional learning, you know. You're happy to have your ass whooped because you're, you're learning, seriously. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it happens. I mean, some of the tournaments now – like what we do it in our in our sambo tournaments because now we've sort of broken it down into two divisions. We have like an A division and a B division, um, and there's not a tight structure as to who will be in each division. But uh, once you win the B division, you have to compete in the A division next time. Mm-hmm. And so some of the tournaments, the grappling tournaments, are doing that too. The ones that keep a good database. If you win a white belt 
or if you win a beginner, they're not going to let you compete in that division again. So you'll have to bump up. That makes you not as good. Yeah, right on. But not all tournaments are like that, though. And, and now, where people are still kind of doing this sort of thing, does it become obvious to everybody else in the room pretty quickly, or over a period of a couple of tournaments that they're doing it? Are there ever repercussions for that? How how do you deal with it if you catch I mean, it? Because you got to you got to think at some point somebody's going to be like, "Wait a minute, wasn't that dude a blue belt three years ago?" Oh, it it totally happens, and like in um, what you know, in for example, Naga, with uh, North American Grappling Association, which is a big national circuit. If they if they see you uh, and they they can obviously tell that you're should be in a different division, they'll pull you right out of it and put you into the other division right there. Hmm. If they see it, um, you know sometimes you don't always see it. I mean, you have some of these tournaments, you have like uh, fifteen hundred people showing up. Uh, it's not always easy to tell, right. but um, some tournaments don't care. You know, they just care about the bucks. You know, come in, pay your registration fee. Right. Single. <laughs> Single. I mean, I'm talking a lot of money. Some of these things are like 125 dollars at the door for a single elimination tournament. So you mm. lose once, and and there goes your money. Wow. You know, what kind of purse are they competing for with that kind of entry fee? <laughs> purse? I don't know. A yeah, trophy. exactly. It, is it, that's all for the trophy? Purse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you get a patch and a trophy, an alligator yeah. bag. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Well, the uh, Grappler's Quest had does have a pro division. So there is a division that um, you can you compete for money, but you know obviously those guys are are very high level guys. Most of them are pro fighters, and right. obviously once you step into that realm, you're not going back to the uh, to the other divisions. Yeah. And you're not going to get away with the, that kind of shit up there anyway. Right, right. Taking it actually a, a traditional spin on this, um, it's interesting. I would not heard of this as a technical term before. You know, I never knew that. We just kind of used it as a as a whatever, but. Um, once you got explaining to it and you're helping, you know, give examples there, Steve, I realized this also happens in the Kung Fu versus whatever uh, realm. And I personally was was part of it and didn't realize it um, when I first started going to tournaments, both for forums and for fighting. And I was just a little white sash Kung Fu kid. You know, we only had like three or four colored belts or whatever sashes. And I'd, so I'd go into the white belt division. But I was cleaning house because even though I was a white belt, I was already training for three years pretty intensely. And, you know, I realized, oh, crap. I mean, I came away with gold both in forms and in fighting. And, it, I mean, I, it was just a silly, you know. And so the next time I realized, you know, teach, we got we to gotta do something about this when we go to compete, you know, because it's not fair. It's, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, at the same time um, – it, that's one of those gray areas because you have guys that train a long time in the gym and never enter a competition. And this could be in traditional martial arts, MMA, kickboxing. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, you have the guys who are sort of the, the gym rats that are there all the time. Yeah. And uh, the, I've seen guys that are phenomenal in the gym crumble in competition no matter – you know. and then I've seen guys who are horrible in the gym go into competition and – and clean house, you know, right. so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Turns out they like getting hit in the yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you're so, also uh, doing I'm it in front at of Big an Al. ass load of people. <laughs> well, you know, and when we talk about it from a boxer standpoint, is that sandbagging was a, for a term for us is where you laid off on somebody. It was a term where, you, you know, in other words, you didn't take your A game to them. You fought somebody at their C or D or B uh. level. So instead so you, of cherry picking and, and winning right. fights, you would lay back when you knew you, you had you the You would lay hand. back on yeah. them. And in a lot of cases, some fighters would do this professionally mm -hmm. to, 
you know, the, to get the, those money building up to the a title right. fight. In other words, yeah. that, you know, well, nobody knows what the spread is, but if you were picked to win in seven rounds, then yeah. you win at least seven rounds. If, if mm-hmm. you know, so some of that stuff is that you simply lay back and not give this guy your whole potential. Now, the bad thing about it is, is you, the other guy generally got hurt because mm-hmm. he's still, a, he's still a moving punching bag. And I can speak from experience because I got hurt. That right. <laughs> <laughs> affected you, Big Al. <laughs> well, I mean, that happened to me. My first fight, uh, you know, outside of, uh, you know, uh, Taekwondo and, and Kung Fu stuff I used to do when I was younger, my first real, real fight, my MMA fight, was in 1997. And uh, my coach didn't tell me much about the guy I was fighting, and I was kind of young and stupid. And uh, so they're like, oh, you're fighting this guy, you know, it's his first fight too and or, you know, whatever. So after I lose to him, uh, it was quite a moment. You know, it's, it's, it's when you get choked out in front of your mom, that's such a – it's, it's a pivotal moment in your life, right? Yeah. So, it, 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 it's life-changing. Yeah, it's crazy. I, so I found out the guy had just literally gotten out of Rikers Island and, oh, like, nice. he was all excited. He's like, wow, I get to fight and, and kick people's asses now, like, legally, you know? <laughs> so I was in over my head, yeah. you know? Well, definitely, when you're first walking into the sport, no matter which end of that equation you wind up on, you kind of have to do that once to figure out where you are, you know? Yeah. And yep. so there's there's certainly no shame in, in that sort of thing. I wouldn't call that legitimate sandbagging. It, like, no, no, no. Even Matthew Polly, uh, you know, when he was his, his MMA book, you know, he fought a guy who was also a first-timer, uh, but he had a completely different set of experiences walking into the ring. And there's nothing either yeah. one of them could do about it. Now, if either one of them take a second fight, then, you know, from there you can start to build that sort of thing. So it sounds like that's fairly limited to, to lower levels of competition in, in, in BJJ and some of the other grappling tournaments. Um, so not a huge problem, right? Well, yeah. I think it, it's part, part of it's just natural things finding their level. I'm, I'm only just coming to terms with the fact that we're not talking about holding back the floodwaters of the mighty Mississippi. <laughs> I, I think Steve's the only one that got that one. <laughs> Sandbags. Sandbags. Oh, God. Let's go ahead and transition here for a minute. To, uh, I wanted to talk to you about that, that guy putting that uh, Facebook stuff up. What a weird uh, kind of, I don't know. What a what, dumbass. Uh, you, you talk however it's, you want to talk about this. I don't want to back you into a corner, but it struck me well, as just a bizarre. I don't care. I'll give you his name. I'll tell you everything about him. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's like a stab in the back uh, sort of thing to the whole community almost. Well, uh, the, the, here's the history. Here's the basic history. I'll try and give it to you in a cliff note version how uh, we here in America got dragged into this ridiculous thing going on in, in Oceania. Um, okay. So – the, when when the Australian Sambo Federation was first getting started, and they were not part of FIAS, which is the International Sambo Organization, um, I had written a letter of support for them and um, kind of helped them a little bit. They had, they had written to me and asked, you know, about starting an organization, what's involved, and I, you know, I gave them my advice and stuff. And you know, and our our organization is not a member of FIAS either, but but we're we're a successful organization, so. Uh, what happened is, is as they were growing, they started uh, using our videos as educational tools, you know, because none of them were Sambo guys. You know, they're all judo guys or jujitsu guys who are interested in the, in the sport. With right. your so permission? They started, 
Were they using uh, them with your permission? or? Yeah, yeah, with our permission. Oh, okay. You know, I, we were sort of helping them as much as we could. And, um, you know, when we put stuff on YouTube, that's for everybody. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into the whole secrets thing. You know, if I put it out there, it's for people to use and uh, go ahead and use it. So, right. yeah. Um, We've talked about this before, too. You can show every secret in the world, but unless the person works on it enough to get it, it's still a secret. Pearls and swine. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so eventually they did get acceptance into FIAS. And uh, what sometimes happens because of uh, unfortunate uh, ethnocentrism that you've seen in all martial arts, that uh, oh, yeah. when you're doing a Russian martial art, uh, sometimes the powers that be want to see a Russian in charge. You know, and um, we know so, about that. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how everything went down over there in Australia, and New Zealand, but um, you know, Russians ended up. Some Russian guys ended up being uh, placed in charge. And my understanding is one of the one of these guys was Dmitry Kors, this guy who made the video. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been sort of a little civil war going on over there, uh, and I'm not going to get into their politics. I don't know what happened, but. Sort of the the uh, the side story of that is that he took one of the videos that we had put up there and that these guys in Australia were using as an educational tool and, uh, you know, picked it apart, as you saw, you know, ripped it off our YouTube page and put it up on his own video and... Literally, he put orange flashing letters up on the thing that said, this is <laughs> fake, this is fake, or something like that. It was, it was yeah, so yeah, it was, over it the was, top. <laughs> it, it looked like, a, like one of those warnings you get on your TV every, you know, it's like, so, oh, there's a storm coming or something. <laughs> Amber <laughs> alert, Amber <laughs> alert. Yeah, yeah. You get a creeper so, across uh, the bottom. And then he went on to show a lesson of, a, of how to counter this technique, which in my opinion was also a bad lesson, because he was countering, the guy that he was having demonstrate the technique that was fake wasn't even doing the technique right. and he um he was they were calling it a suplex and this is far from a suplex yeah. this is actually a lateral drop it's a version of a lateral drop which is a standard wrestling uh takedown so you know and so basically we kind of just went with it and we've been uh commenting on his on the youtube channel on his video and they've all been deleted for the most part and um you know, we wrote a letter of complaint to FIAS about, hey, this guy is on your website. He's the secretary general of the New Zealand Federation, and this is how he's behaving, you know. Um, naughty, naughty. Damn ironic. communist. <laughs> yeah. They're well, not ironic. communists anymore, Big Al. You, <laughs> you slept through a couple of newscasts. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of decades worth of yeah. newscasts. Born Russian, die Russian, you're a commie. <laughs> yeah. Big Al is the oldest well, man in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who knows? We filed a copyright uh, notice with YouTube, so they'll probably end up pulling it eventually. But cool. for those who want to go see it, just look for his screen name. It's NZ Sambo. And then you can find all the other crazy stuff he's put up there. Check it out. Um, I mean, I just thought it was hilarious. Like the counter he was showing to the move. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I remember, he, for one thing, he picked a girl. And well, a, actually, I think that's a guy. Oh, okay, but it was somebody <laughs> so much. <laughs> they were so much no, smaller no than him, though. You know, either way, he picked somebody much smaller than him, and yeah, the the counter he was using looked like something that was a rudimentary, almost traditional martial arts thing, which is buckle down into your stance when somebody tries to do that and hope your leg will force theirs out of the way. 
kind of yeah. thing. And frankly, it's it's low Rooting level, and, like and it's biting. not going to work unless you've done your stance work for twenty years. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah. just a matter of leg versus leg trying that anyway. Well, so and, you know, I I gotta say too, just as to somebody go, who sits outside the martial arts world, anytime you run across something like that, it really it just has to come across as well. No, because because if you do that, then I'll just do this. Well, no, because because uh, exactly. if you do that, then I'll just do this. You just define sandbagging. Yep. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> so let's go ahead and roll this along back into that initial definition of just somebody that, you know, that they do as that in douche. class. You're working, <laughs> yeah, as a douche. You're working on a specific tactic or a technique with them. It's something, you know, whoever's teaching the class is giving you to work on. So, you know, usually two normal people will be like, let me do it five times on you, you know, and don't give me too much resistance. And then you do it five times on me and I won't give you too much resistance. And then we'll slowly ratchet up a little resistance until we feel comfortable with the new technique. Yeah. Make it moving or whatever. Add different variables. Sure. You know, but you got to start somewhere. And those people that just will not let you start because I've often found there are also the people in a class in traditional martial arts anyway that when you pair up to do applications, they want to start talking about what their other teacher would do. Yeah. Well, and they want to show you a different technique. And, and it's that's like, exactly, I want to work on this. And that's exactly <laughs> the problem. I, I have a great guy. I really like him a lot. He's a Wing Chun guy. He comes to my Xing Yi class. But he sits there and he goes, now, I wouldn't have done that in Wing Chun. And I go, but this is not a Wing Chun class. <laughs> <laughs> and until you learn how to do it in Xing Yi, then you can tell me, then you can make the comparison. And he goes, I'm not trying to be a dick. And I go, but stop being one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about violating the learning environment. Exactly. You know? It's like you can't seriously criticize it until you at least take this half an hour with me to work this thing out and see if we know what we're talking it's about. It's like you're not paying me or coming to the class or the club or whatever it is to simply be a douche. If so, you got more money to waste. You're coming here to learn in a learning environment, yeah. you know? So before we get into what we would do in a traditional class, or and not that what you do, Steve, isn't actually yeah. not traditional, but... Uh, when he says traditional, he means Chinese. Eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you rusky. That's okay. Everybody stole everything from the Chinese anyway, so blah, blah, blah. Right. But, but uh, uh, what if that comes up, you know, you teach a lot. If, that, yeah. if you see that sort of thing when you're trying to illustrate a technique to someone in a class, what do you do about it? It, uh, it happens all the time, more, more often with newer people to the club. But, uh, but basically, we have, I have a big sign on, on our wall in the gym in green letters that says cooperative resistance, right? Uh-huh. And that's sort of our theme. It's like you resist, but your, your goal as a training partner is to help your partner learn to do something, right? right. And um, so, you know, most of the time, like like any in any classroom setting, you you don't really have to beat somebody over the head. You know, you just say, "Hey, man, just just chill. You're practicing the technique. You know, no resistance right now." But event once in a while, you get those guys who just don't get it, or who want to show you their variation that they learned from YouTube or for some other teacher or something. And uh, so, on occasion, what I've done is I stop the class and I put them in the middle and I say, "Everybody, sit down," because John's going to teach the class now. Nice. Go ahead, John. <laughs> and, uh, and then he usually ends up standing there in front of the class. Well, I don't want to teach. I'm like, well, that's what you're doing right now. So why don't you share with everybody your version that you know? You know, and I usually, and oh. usually that shuts them up. I hope you brought enough gum for everyone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we all want to chew on that once. No, but I like that. That that you know, get some red face and like whoop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, as a teacher, I and even in situations where guys are being like that, sometimes I don't even think they quite understand what they're doing. You know, you, you've got the you've you've got the very rare person who is just a an ass, you know. Right, but right. then you've got the the people who are just not familiar to with this environment or who just don't know how to relax. I mean, I say it all the time in class that relaxation is a skill. It's very easy to say, oh, relax, relax, just relax. But that's not so easy to do for a lot of people. You know, the um, the mat and the, the training hall is, is – it's not a joke when people say that's a microcosm for how you handle yourself in life. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you kinda, I, I kind of approach everything with that mindset that like this guy probably is just as tense as he is here at his desk when the boss walks in the room or something, you know, yeah. so. And all and, the time and, when you tell people to relax and then they go, I am, I am. And you yeah. see their shoulders all bunched <laughs> up. And, you know. No, no, and yeah. everybody's spot on here. I mean, the hardest thing to do is teach is get somebody to say, I really need you to relax to go through this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they just don't want to do it because everybody has this idea that I need to bone up. I need to get strong and tough. And it's still lizard brain. Still, yeah. you know, it's literally right, the reptilian right. brain aspect is I want to puff up, get big, you know, that I'm being challenged. Well, and it's hard to get them to come back down and go, relax. To, to yeah. be fair, there is an inherent amount of vulnerability in something like that, though, effectively, where you're just allowing someone to be in control. And if you're new to sure. that kind of thing, it, I can I can almost see a natural response to that. It'd be the kind of thing that I would think would be forgivable from somebody who it's their first time in, or or or, or they're you know they're new to a system or something like that. Um, I, I and mean, the I, teachers, I, I uh, the teachers. Oh, I mean, when you have somebody that's in their first class or two, you you know to watch for all these warning signs and go really easy with them and and make it accommodating. But there comes a point if they don't let go of that that you can't teach them right. anything more. You know, it, they, that's mm-hmm. sort of a personal Rubicon that they have to cross. So you mm-hmm. want to coach them across it. Um, and, okay, it, so and at this point, we've also gone way afield from someone intentionally sandbagging. Sure, and sure. this is the sort of sandbaggery that comes from a, a noob that either has <laughs> an attitude that they need to defend or a self-image. Right. Or just is afraid, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the noobs... Are, it is extremely forgivable. It not even for, there's nothing to forgive. It's it's expected. Yeah. Yeah. But right. But the um, it's the guy who comes from another club. Maybe that's been he's been training for years already. That's a key. That that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or the guy who has something to prove. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I'll just use our you know our club for example. You know, oh well, Sambo is not that good at whatever, and I. I've done judo or or BJJ or whatever, and you know, so they they may even unconsciously have something to prove, you know, because oh, yeah. yeah. like it, it, people don't like to be shown their vulnerabilities, and and neither do instructors, by the way. So it's really interesting to see how instructors handle these people, also. But mm-hmm. um, you know, when you show somebody a vulnerability, whether it's in a technique, you know, something that they've been doing their entire training life, and then in five minutes, you show them uh, a window that you know always opens them to a t- an attack or something like that. Then, oh man, you know. So, it, I think it all comes down to just ego and 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 fear and and all the all these things that we all have, you know. And when you brought up a really great point about another instructor, because that's the one sometimes that in class that when you have somebody else from another school or another style or technique who's actually a teacher. 
that they look and go, well, wait a minute, you don't have to do that. You could do this. And I'm going, <laughs> excuse me, uh, uh, is this your class? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and, I'm well, looking, that, and I'm looking at Dave the whole time I'm saying uh, <laughs> oh snap that's just for, that's only because we have this little vaudeville no. shingy bagua routine that we do in our, each other's classes before we get away Steve I gotta ask you a quick question Is yeah. there does footwork really matter in a grappling arm Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Because yeah. somebody yes. else had actually told me in my class one day, he said, ask a BJJ guy about footwork. Well, let me tell you something. BJJ guys, uh, or just grapplers in general, I don't want to single anybody out, but you still start on your feet, you know, and um, you still have to start with gripping and you still have to find your way to a place that you prefer to be on the mat. Position. And, um, yeah. And so your footwork, everything starts with the footwork. And and the other thing that I always tell people uh, is that uh, what 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 uh, in the grappling world they call a sweep, right? Which is if I'm on my back and you're let's say in my guard, which means like between my legs, and I am able to reverse you and put you on your back where I'm on top. That's called a sweep, as opposed to say a foot sweep, when, you know, from a standing position or something. Right. right. And um, I, sweeps are throws. Right, so everything that you do on your knees or on your back in order to sweep somebody or unbalance them is no different than what you would do on your feet, uh, in principle, in the way that you move your hips, in the way that you uh, work your grips, in the way you control their shoulders, and, and and the way all this all this stuff. So, in so, actuality, standing work improves your mat work. And vice versa, Thank I'm you. sure. Yeah, footwork doesn't end when you hit the ground. Yeah, of course. It's not unless you're paralyzed from the waist down by the throw. But we hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> not in Xingyi. That's exactly what we want to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, no, I, I totally see your point there. That's, All right, don't sandbag us now. Move it along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me throw this one other thing out, out here, and we don't have to dwell on this for long. I just kind of wanted to kick this in the pool because we, we touch on these issues back and forth a lot, or we have over this first year, and I wanted to see if we could just sort of get a little bit of a consensus. Um Let's do a little uh, mental exercise here. Imagine that you've never done martial arts before, and you're okay. getting ready to go. Yeah, Jeremy. I'm there. <laughs> and you're getting ready to look for one. Mm-hmm. Um, how uh, the rest of us? How as uh, as people with some experience with this, and uh, you know, between us, a broad range. What basic pointers would you give somebody uh, when they're going shopping for their martial art? And I, I'll throw a couple of things out on the table first, just to hopefully help facilitate discussion of this. Shut up, Manny. Damn cat. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing is, is you got to identify what your personal criteria is for a martial, what you want out of it. And I'll give you like five or six things that you can sort of mix and match when you're looking. Uh, sporting activity, self-defense, health. Uh, spiritual growth or magic powers? Magic powers. <laughs> yeah, magic I knew Craig had jumped on the magic powers. powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the other thing I want to throw in to sort of set boundaries on the discussion is acknowledging that there is as much 
Uh, Jeremy, if you throw him outside, he'll just meow louder. <laughs> He's like that. He's evil. The other thing I'd like to throw in is, is, is remembering at the outset of this conversation that style and teacher are two different things. So even if you think you found the style that you want to uh, work with or whatever, you need to also factor in the teacher and vice versa. It may not be the style where you're looking for, but if the teacher is doing what feels right to you, but throwing all that on the table, does anybody have anything they'd like to, I think you have, uh, you've covered a a lot there and, and, and the hardest part really, you know, because a lot of people will just start going around and, and checking out schools, which is, which is part of the process. You need to do that experiment. But you have to identify what the hell you're looking for. Why do you want to start a martial art? You know, that, that is big. Uh, because if you want to just go out and do some kickboxing and, and kind of look fit and stuff like that, that kind of tells you already, you know, kind of uh, guides you in the direction you want to go. Of course, when you're looking at schools, you got to look at, you know, uh, how feasible it is, how close it is to your home or your office where, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And the cost and all that kind of stuff. So that's a good point. Feasibility and, and the expense, mm-hmm. you know, location, expense, and all that stuff. I mean, again, I, I was talking to Manuel Adrigue, uh recently about Taekwondo, Taekwondo, and he got into Taekwondo, and we were just talking about how, you know, when you start out, it's whatever's on the corner. You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you have to look at, and this is something that we've hinted about a lot, is unfortunately you, you can't just go through the yellow pages or look at the websites and get the full picture because they're putting their best foot forward. You're going to have to go out and watch a class and ideally join one, try it out, and see what kind of vibe you get basically off the school, off the students, off the teacher, because that's where you're going to you know, be laying out your cash and, and your hard work and all that kind of crap yeah no you know doubt. if, it, if yeah. the guy's pervy if it's nichey you know all that kind of stuff i mean if if, if you're a fairly laid-back dude the cobra kai dojo is not going to be for you right like. sweep the leg jump <laughs> <laughs> well and the other side of it is that sometimes you don't have a clue what you're looking at yeah i mean i yeah. personally i can say that you know as a boxer and i was actively boxing at the time that when I actually went to one of the oldest Wing Chun guys that teaching here in town at the time, he wasn't old. He's just been here for a very long time. I mean, he just started his school. Wow. He I'm, wasn't any I'm, older than you then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is actually uh, um, not Lao, but Fong. Uh, Fong yeah. yeah. And what happened was, is I'm watching him do all these exercises. He's hopping down the room from one leg. You know, he's yeah. only got three students, and they're hopping <laughs> on one leg down the thing and turn around. And I don't have a clue what I'm looking at. Right. But yeah. when I went to the Tung Sudo class, it looked, I mean, it made more sense to me. And that's what I ended up doing for 13 years. But, yeah. you know, well, but, I you think, know, in 1975, I could have started with, with, uh, you know, Francis Fong. Hmm. I mean, when, when people call, and I'm sure you guys have this too, uh, people call the gym or visit the gym, but more, you know, probably more often they call first and they'll start asking questions. You know, they're, like you said, they're, they're, they're doing the right things by calling around and asking, but they don't have a frame of reference to understand the answers really. Right. So it's, you know, they'll, I'll get the question all the time. What's the difference between Sambo and BJJ? So my, my response is always to ask them first, have they studied BJJ? And if they say no, then I'm honest with them. I say, well, I can't really explain to you in in very detailed ways what the differences are because you don't have you don't you haven't trained either one but i can tell you just some ballpark you know maybe we practice throwing more or you know we do a little bit of this differently but i always tell people even people that come into my own gym that sometimes 
I get the sense after talking to them that maybe we're not what they're looking for. You know, mm -hmm. I'll always tell them, look, you got to try a lot of places. It's not about the style. It's about how you feel in the facility. And is, is it a environment that you think you can learn from? And, um, you know, like I, I didn't find Sambo because I was looking for Sambo. I found Sambo because I really liked my coach, you yeah, know, cool. so that, that's what brought me to Sambo. And, and then from there I started to love Sambo, you know, right. I mean, it could have very well have been, you know, I've, I've, met a, a BJJ teacher first and maybe they'd be calling me BJJ Steve now. I don't know. Right. But, you know. That doesn't but, have um, the same ring. Though. I know. No, it doesn't no, sound no. right. Or Sanda, or Sanda Steve, you know, if I had stayed or with Sancho and stuff like that. But yeah. Like, yeah, it really comes down to uh, personality uh, connectedness, you know, and, and like you, uh, somebody said, you know, Look at the students. Are they friendly? Do they welcome you in? I, one of the tips I always tell people, and I encourage them when they come to my gym to go look at other gyms, I ask them to look on the training floor how many advanced students are there. You know, is it a room full of noobs or is there, is there, are there people there that are like, hey, I've been here 10 years, you know? Uh, yeah. um, Next group. It, yeah. Is, is, or is it all beginners? And when you say um, – Where's the advanced people? You know, then they kind of you get kind of the looks like uh, I don't know where they are. They, they, they finally got tired. Or in, in traditional yeah. martial arts, oh, they train in the other room. You can't see yeah, what yeah. they're doing. I know exactly who you're talking about right now. <laughs> That's and that brings up a great point is when you're looking around and you you find this obviously much more in traditional arts and unfortunately mainly in the Chinese arts more so than Japanese Korean is that you'll find some people still today pulling the whole secrecy, hiding in the shadows, and you can't come uh, watch a class. you got to pay now and, you know, and all this but kind of crap. that's a warning sign for someone who's shopping for a martial arts. If there's any that's secrecy, if you. you see any hint of multi-level marketing going on there, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, you know, oh, you're not a member of the Platinum Club or you haven't done this enough to, to get into it, you know, <laughs> this is all you can see for now, yeah. then, you know. It's a be, little like yeah. Scientology at that. Be point, worried right? about that because they're looking out for your cash. Number one, it's, you know you're going in there to test their product, basically. Yeah. And I if mean, you're if not you're allowed yeah. to do that, if you're the new guy, they may say, "Go over here and do this a hundred times and do something else with the rest of the class." But you should still be able to at least watch what they're doing and see everything going down Indeed. to see if it appeals to you and to see if it actually exists, if there's actually more skill available there. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, yeah, I'm going to have mean, to change my marketing style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the first questions that I often am asked is, do you guys use contracts? You know, and meaning, you know, long-term right. billing, binding contracts. And I... I even when people don't ask, I make it a, a point to say we we do all our billing here. We don't use outside billing companies and you are not locked in for any period of time. You can stop when you want. There's no you know, no obligation. Right. You know, and then they're like, Well, do you have the registration fees and the this fees? And I'm like, Nope, no fees. You just pay your tuition and you're good, you yeah. know. And um and that's unfortunately rare. And and I can Well, understand. I was about to say that's amazing because we do the exact same thing and we're relegated to the gazebo at the freaking park. 
I think it's it's more for the McDojos, the you know the ones that right, have no, several no, locations. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, I'm talking about we thing. we're doing what he is. Uh, no, yeah, and that so. was yeah. just there. There's you know. a great guy here in town that teaches Aikido, a guy named George Kennedy. I'm just going to give him a plug because he is an, he's an extremely great guy. He's been doing Aikido for since 1970. Mm-hmm. And his whole school, I had my two nephews going over to the school. And they came back and they go, it's testing time. And I went, oh, God, what is that going to cost me? And they said, well, I need three bucks. And I go, and I said, what do you mean you need three bucks? And they go, well, we need three bucks a piece for our belt. <laughs> and I said, okay, but what's the testing cost? He goes, well, that's all they're asking for is three bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's all yep. he asked for. Well, In other words, there good. wasn't this fee you know, I went through the traditional Tung Soo Do stuff, and when testing came, you know, it was 30 40 bucks, and this is back in the damn 70s, you know, mm-hmm. so. Cool. So are, are, are there any other aspects of that? Uh, I, I, you know, I think we've kind of. <laughs> Mag J, do you have anything well, to say if you were I out mean, looking for it? <laughs> I, would just, I would just add to, you know, Google is your friend, man. Definitely. Like, really yeah. be an educated consumer and, and look up. The people that you are just as, you know, it's funny because we would go to a job interview or something else and we do research on who we're going to work for or what other environments we're going to, but people walk into a martial arts school still in this day and age and cold. Uh-huh. Yeah, cold and haven't researched where they're going. You know, I mean, you, I, you really need to. I, I get that all the time. Like when I get an email inquiry about my classes. Oftentimes, in my reply, it's the first contact, and I'm having to send them Wikipedia links all the time. I'm like, you know, you really could have done this on your own. I don't say that. But, you know, it's, come on. Yeah. Or, I mean, a, or a lot of that is I, just getting the first uh, burst of courage to get over the door sill. You know, I think a lot yeah. of it's like, I'm going to do martial arts, and they don't even really know what it means, but I want to empower <laughs> myself, you know? Yeah, true. So they just, that school's in front of me. I'm going to walk through that door, and I'm going to get martial arts <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> works out great you know and sometimes yeah. it doesn't well, so. and recently we had somebody to come in that says i mean they wrote this whole thing out going i want to know your whole lineage i want to know oh, your oh, that guy. i'm so sick of the lineage email you know, <laughs> so i sent him back an email and i said look come to class first class is free i'll answer all your questions when in person yeah so come to class now, I haven't yep. heard any response from that person at all. Of course not, because yeah. he would have been but, a douche but, in your class first off. But that's okay. That's it gives us somebody we can hurt. I mean, we can let somebody work on and sandbag them. There you go. Sorry, man. I was going to say the same thing. When I'll get a phone call, and uh, you know, I always ask, well, how would you hear about us? And they say, well, I, I found your phone number on the website and i'm like okay and we start asking questions and then you know inevitably it'll become clear that they actually didn't read the website right <laughs> so they'll you know i'll be like so they'll be like what's your schedule and i'm like well did you read the website uh no no i didn't uh, what's your background you know did you read did you read the website as, no. as far as the phone number <laughs> <laughs> yeah straight to the contact us page yeah, well, it's yeah, funny because it. I'll I'll even occasionally uh, I'll even occasionally get 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 people that I know that know that I spent ten episodes or so as a part of you know this podcast, yeah. and so they'll call me up and say, "Hey, you know martial arts, right?" And, 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 and whereupon I have to say, clearly, you didn't listen to the podcast that you know that I was a part of because I have never, not one time, ever said anything other than I don't know shit about this. I know nothing. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you have a black yeah, belt no. by association. Now. That's right. Yeah. No, you got like, no, I don't know martial arts. Belt. I know guys. Yeah. I know guys. I, that, that I do know. I can yeah. hook you up. I can maybe put you in touch with some dudes. I got a guy who does that for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess to, to wrap this segment up, um, don't be afraid. Go out there. Determine what it is you're looking for. And, like, I'll just say quickly, like, uh, you know, in that list of things I put out, really the only one that was a joke was magic power. Uh, because <laughs> That's not a joke, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> no, people look for that shit. I mean. Right. So I want to say do. if you're looking for that, you need to go ahead and uh, call go Dave. To, go to a magic shop. Call Dave at 955 <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, as far as spiritual growth, you know, under that heading, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I really like about traditional martial arts that most people would cram under that heading. And even though I'm the old skeptical atheist guy, yeah, but it's, it's I more, love that yeah. stuff. I mean, I like the fact of you know, I like the fact that we train outdoors a lot. Mm -hmm. I like to practice outside in different kinds of weather. That's important to me just as a human being. And there's no. You know, I could get into evolutionary psychology or whatever, but there's Please no don't. there's no concrete reason <laughs> that I like that. I just like that, you know, and I like to meditate because it mm -hmm. makes me a calmer person. And I'm bad and enough already without that kind of stuff. You guys really, you should see me. Um, no, so thank you. That, that even if you're, you know, don't be afraid to mix and match these elements and what you're conceiving of that you want out of a martial arts. And ultimately, look for the group where you see the sort of things that you're looking to manifest manifested. Exactly. You know? And also, um, I would say that sometimes it, it depends. Like if you're if you're worried about, you know, uh, if you're female and worried about, uh, you know, uh, uh, self-defense, basic self-defense, that's going to help gear your stuff where you can just get straight to application type stuff right off the bat as opposed to learning coming to a chinese traditional style learning you know forms maybe lion dancing all this other stuff and then you got the other person who might want to learn all that stuff learn about chinese language whatever or russian culture if it's a russian martial art you know that kind of thing yeah there's so many different facets to it mm -hmm. uh, and the bottom line is I, th I, th I really do think ultimately and we can leave this topic alone for a little while now is yeah. that it really as steve reinforced early on it comes down to find the teacher find the group that you feel comfortable with mm -hmm. and you know, do that for a while, and then you'll at least get a base, and you can decide where to move with it later. And yeah. hey, this Clarify is the information age, people. For. Yeah, do and use research. the internet. Yep. <laughs> and, re and remember, as a teacher, we're not always the right person for the for the every student. Yeah. So I mean, as True. even as a teacher, we have to go. I go look. I may not be the right teacher for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And frankly, if you ever get a teacher, you call, show up to try to take classes, and at the end of the class, they say, "You know, I'm probably not your guy or your gal." You should recommend them to other people and go on and look somewhere else. Yeah, because if they're willing to do good. that, then then mm -hmm. that means they're concerned about giving people, you know, what the they right have stuff. the right way. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to the champagne lounge and sacrifice a cat. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough people. And we'll be right back with a little bit of news and a little bit of movie talk. All right. We are starting a cat Start a rat ranch next door with a million rats. 
The rats will breed 12 times faster than the cats, so we will have more rats to feed each day to each cat. Now what shall we feed the rats? We will feed the rats the carcasses of the cats after they have been skinned. Now get this! We feed the rats to the cats and the cats to the rats and get the cat skins for nothing. We feed the rats to the cats and the cats to the rats and get the cat skins for nothing. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, Steve, did you get that drink in the mail yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, it came. It, it's amazing the technology these days. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Digital cocktails. <laughs> Squirted right out of my microphone. I thought was I'm not touching that one with oh, a 10-foot no, pole. No. I'm going to leave <laughs> that alone. But when we meet in person, I'm going to jump all over it. <laughs> I'm not sure how to interpret that remark. Yeah, I know. No more squirting out of that microphone. Wow. Okay, wow. We're back out of the gate with a frenzy here. Ha. <sighs> And I was going to try to segue into something serious. For <laughs> Come on, Jerry Clower. But let's just do it. I wanted to just bring up quickly again, there's been a new uh, wrinkle in the uh, the Team Lord Irving thing. Since we last talked about it on the podcast, a lot of his professional team have left him, the, or not professional, but the metal chasers. And one of the few remaining high-level people he has, it's just come out that he, uh, 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 DJ Jackson is his name. And it turns out he has a five-year-old uh, thing that was a, a, a initially a sexual abuse charge with an underage person. They got bumped down by a good lawyer to uh, f- uh, a non-sexual abuse uh, charge. And uh, <clears throat> boy, this thing is such a hornet's nest. It's hard to even contextualize it at this point. Uh, but he still apparently has some outstanding charges related to it, whether it's just missing a court date or whatever. It's hard to tell from the records at this point. Um, I just wanted to bring it back up one to keep it in the public eye. And I really don't want it to seem like we're picking on this one instance of malfeasance in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world in particular, because we've done plenty of news stories on here. Yeah. It touches every style. (laughs) It touches every style to the you know nth degree uh, and there's something about martial arts again just dovetailing from our previous discussion you really 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 need to be on the lookout for cultish behavior and manipulation if you walk into a strange martial arts school yeah, get that vibe off that teacher man make, make sure you know what's going on there you know um and i i think i think you know i mean we could nitpick the lloyd Irvin situation but i think like we were talking uh, before the break, you know, how nobody likes to see their vulnerabilities shown to them. And if you just look at the martial arts community as a whole, this, you know, the Lloyd Irvin thing is probably, you know, it's gotten a lot of traction because of his name and the size of his organization and, and his connections with the mixed martial arts community, etc. Yeah. But I think what, what people don't like to hear um, is that this is not uh, I think the minority of this kind of experience is it's a larger minority of the, uh, than people like to admit. Like you, you can look at Lloyd Irvin and, and now we can just all point at Lloyd Irvin and his group and say, oh, well, that's isn't that horrible that that all happened over to those guys. <laughs> right. But um, the reality is, is that this stuff is not uh, this kind of thing, abusive power, sometimes sexual, sometimes not. 
is not uncommon. No, it's you know, much in, more prevalent than than we'd yeah. like to admit. That's for sure. Yeah, that's that's kind of thanks. Thanks. I'll just leave now because you said it in one sentence what I've been trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's much more common than than people like to admit. I mean, I can rattle off a bunch of schools in in New York State from from BJJ to um, Taekwondo. There's a Taekwondo school in Staten Island that got shut Kung down Fu. for you know. I mean, just it, the list goes on and on, and and it's something that. You know, I know you talked a lot about it with Ryan uh, Hall when he was on the show, but it is not unique to BJJ. It's just making a lot of no- news because of who it happened to be, you know? Right. And also, th- there were so many other tendrils to it, like this sort of predatory multi-level marketing thing. It's just, it's yeah. it's emblematic, but it's certainly not the only instance uh, by any stretch. And it also points to how there are certain places and certain things you get into, like martial arts or, let's say, the Catholic Church or whatever, where there seems to be extra wiggle room mm-hmm. for yep. uh, because of the way the organizations are set up for people to indulge in this sort of cult-like behavior, well, and, especially when it's when it's set up in an in an authoritative way. There's a there's a a, a figurehead, if you will, at the head of a thing, figure. a father figure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, and, uh, oh, you go know, ahead, I Steve. mean. I was going to say there, there's a there's a case here in New York, and off the top of my head, I don't recall the gentleman's name. He's uh, he's upstate New York, but he is a registered sex offender, and you know according to the law that you know there's some loophole in the law where he actually owns a martial arts school that has a child children's program, but uh, oh, it's the way the New York law is written. It's very specific about where a sexual offender can and can't work, but sort of a martial arts school falls into this little crack where he's able to to have a school of his own, you know? And, um, it's, 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 you know, it's funny because I'm going to dovetail right into the movies, but, uh, one of my favorite movies that I was going to bring up is foot fist way. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) And, and one of the reasons why it's so great is because it is so honest and it's only about one degree off of reality, you know? And, um, the whole scene where he's, hitting on the girl, the the prospective student, and then again when she's trying to leave and he's treating it like a breakup and all. Oh, I mean, yeah. that is that the movie it's it's hitting on a nerve in the martial arts community, you know, and poking fun at it, it's good satire, but the reality is is that nerve is there. You know? That's why we laugh yeah. at it, is because it is so close, you know. And it even folds in a lot of that Lord Irving kind of stuff with the martial arts millionaires and stuff. He does the whole thing where he's buying a Porsche or something. I, I've It's been so long since I've seen the movie, I've almost forgotten, but his car is very important, right? Like the appearance. Oh, the car. Yeah. yeah. And he's showing, off, he's showing off all the trophies, and you can be a champion too, and, right. and right. Uh, all but this. In reality, you know. he kind of sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's king of the demos, man. Yeah, king of the demos. Right. <laughs> I love that movie, man. That's horrible. Look at that. All that my shirt's still tucked in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a very serious point. And it, it, I love satire like that because it brings painful things up in a way that we can still digest. Yeah, but his chick and, was and hot. Fun no, man, I'm sorry. You know, as, as serious as we want to be, I'm still going after in that movie. Yeah, his wife that got taken away by what was it Mad Truck Chuck the Truck something <laughs> Chuck like that. The truck. Yeah, <laughs> she was she was hot. You know, Craig, you got a one track mind. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> <laughs> Your train don't even roll backwards. It's a it's a brim, brim train. train. 
All right, well, shit. You know, we were going to go to news next, but screw it. Let's throw it to the movies. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and we've got our warnings, extra warnings for looking for a martial arts teacher out of the way there. That's right. <laughs> Fifth um, way, that was an excellent movie. Yeah. That would. So that's oh, a good one. one. So uh, we're doing this as just a critic's pick. We're throwing them out fast and furious. I know Jeremy's got one or two he'd like to toss out, so go for it. Yeah. Okay, so I've, I've spent the past few days uh, uh, watching some movies uh, in the martial arts world, and so I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, um, if, you're, if you're into the, the kind of classic uh, sort of chung, you know, Chinese kung fu movie, um, um, it's a Shaw Brothers flick. It's very Shaw Brothers. I mean, if, yeah. and if you're familiar with the... If you're familiar with their their style, the 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 movie's called The Avenging Eagle, yeah, and uh, and uh, you know it's great. the 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 action sequences aren't super flashy necessarily. There's not a wooden weapon in the whole in the in the in the whole thing. Everything is uh, nice and aluminum, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> catches know. the catches the lights better. Um, but uh, you know the pacing is definitely slower. The storyline is wonderfully convoluted. Uh, and very and as all of their with lots of flashbacks and 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 such as that. So unless you're into <laughs> unless you're into tragic romances and 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 uh, weird multifaceted you know connections between characters that are seemingly unconnected. <laughs> well, well, these things, these plots are never subplots. Uh, yeah, they're that. they're never cut and dry. There's always right. like three or four subplots going on. You don't care about because you're just waiting for the next fight. And but, those but, old but, but we're talking about we're talking about the kind of movie where the fights might be ten or fifteen minutes between each other. I mean, it, it's it's very much a, a slower paced sort of. It's sort tough of film. though because a lot of those movies are dubbed, and you know it's dubbed horribly. You know, well, way <laughs> off from what they're really saying, even if they you know. <laughs> Translated out. Well, I, p- I picked up this one. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's it's subtitled. I picked it up as a part of a double feature in the five dollar bin at Walmart. Very so, cool. <laughs> so if you've got a if you've got a Walmart with a five dollar DVD bin, you can find it. It's it's. Hey, uh, if you've got a Walmart. You've got a Walmart with, with a five dollar DVD <laughs> bin. Fair enough. <laughs> well, you know, it sounds like there's a whole market for you know just a compilation of just the fight scenes. Cut out all the other fluff. Big Al, it's called YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I've watched YouTube, and it was really great about teaching me how to fix my leaky sink. (laughs) But I haven't found any really good martial arts yet. We got to educate him in search terms. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the other movie, and this is more of a this is more of a family friendly kind of affair, is a movie called Wudong. It's from 2012. You can find it on the streaming website that we don't name. I saw this as well. Yeah. Oh, we we just say it now. It's Netflix. (laughs) Eventually, (laughs) they're going to send me a big fat check for that. So. I've avoided yeah. this movie simply because of the cover art. Three, three and a half stars like on fun. three and a half stars on Netflix. And if I if I was pinned to a wall to describe it, I would have to say that it's something like a cross between uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Enter the Dragon. Okay, so the the whole thing takes place at a at a at a a, a, a martial arts tournament on Wudong Mountain. Um, but the uh, the the sort of protagonist. Is a uh, antiquities expert professor who was also there to steal the seven treasures of Wudong Mountain. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Shanghai Jones. It's like if you were to take 1980s uh, Steven Spielberg and have him direct a, a martial arts movie, but but some. But it's not quite that good. But it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Well, it's it, it, amazing stories era Steven Spielberg. Right, right. Gotcha. not the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the duel. Not the good stuff. But there, there, there are some pretty. You know, there are there are some. Pretty visually stunning fight scenes in the movie. There's some good um, and some bad and some sort of indifferent in there. It's it's kind of all over the place with that, but the, there's plenty of it in there. But, I, definitely yeah. from my perspective, you know, if you've got Netflix streaming and you like martial arts movies, put it in your queue. Well, there's that, and then there's just also the fact that if you want something to watch with the family, right? Everything works out. You know, nobody really dies. But there's the melodrama of <laughs> yeah. some, somebody does die, but they come back to life. Right. You know? Right. You know, so I mean, you know. There's, that's there's what happens on gets, Wudong gets, Mountain. It, that's right. It, it gets rather <laughs> fantasy about halfway through, but but as far as <laughs> something to watch with your eight year old mm-hmm. and not scar them, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, it it definitely works. The days of our Wudong Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> These are the days. Those are the days, and I believe you watched uh, one or two more. What well, yeah, I watched a few more, but I don't want to. Well, let's let's pass it around, whole, uh, uh, Craig. What do you got for the staff picks? Um, you know, to be honest, I, there, there's quite a few, but, uh, hitting the kind of the Shaw brothers era type of movie, um, I would have to say, um, oh, damn. And now I can't think of the title, not warriors Two, but brothers. Oh, and I know you've seen that. Um, Prodigal oh Son. Prodigal Son. Prodigal Son. All right, yeah. There we're we falling go. apart of the scenes. <laughs> Prodigal Son. Uh, it's got Samuel Hong. Yum Biao. Yeah, Yum yep. Biao. Uh, the two, you know, brothers. Uh, Jackie Chan was part of that trio, but he wasn't. It didn't appear in this movie. Um, but one of the main reasons I like that older uh, genre of movie are literally the training sequences. Um, yeah. Because you know, being a, a fellow kung fu guy, I love to see. You know what they got, um, and if it's any realm, the truth. Because back in the old day of movies, you had things that are closer to actual, real, traditional kung fu rather than just flying around the you know green screen. Um, so yeah, if you're into training sequences, definitely check out Prodigal Son. It's a beautiful show. Uh, another one was my first introduction to the contemporary wushu. Uh, it happened to be Jet Li's first movie called Shaolin Temple. Um, and it's what oh, has yeah. made Shaolin Temple millions of dollars since then. Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, movie. A lot of stuff on sound stages and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, it, again, it goes to the training sequence, uh, regardless of what style you That original from. Shaolin Temple one's where he does the spring, summer, fall, winter yes. training sequence. That's yeah, yeah. The, yeah that, that's actually really nice. I, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoy that movie immensely. You know, and even though I'm not a big fan of contemporary wushu, this is in golden era wushu where, you know, it was closer to Fu. When a guy did a punch, he could, you know, he was doing a real punch, you know. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So those, those are kind of my main biggies. Cool. You know, just to drag everybody down into the dumps again. <laughs> I saw recently uh, on, on a blog a, a good article about uh, how the wushu schools over in China are starting to get in trouble now for being really abusive to their yeah. students. Uh, I mean, and they had some pictures in here of like what looked like an eight-year-old boy's leg with mm-hmm. eight inches of black scabby, you know, scars from yeah, it looks being like Dave's 
<laughs> well, it's a common occurrence for stretching. You know, um, the stretching is, is that you, you you do these stretch kicks, and, and at the same time, you put your back against the wall, raise your leg up, and somebody comes in and pushes and pushes and pushes. Now, if you rip, that's okay. You sit out maybe a day, a day, and you come back, and you just keep, you know, going on and on. That's very common is, is to rip it into condition. Well, what it seems like is, you know, a decade or so ago when people were still going through these earlier manifestations of this and expecting, if not a career in wushu or film or TV or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, expecting to get a shot at, uh, uh, you know, at least a police or an army job or yeah. something of that nature. It's, it's kind of gone beyond that point now. Uh, and also the level of the parents economically is coming up mm-hmm. in China and parents are becoming less tolerant of this behavior, lo and yep. behold. So it goes back to something we talked about on one of the earliest shows here, which is how, um, you know, we may never have another movie actor. We probably will never have a movie actor in America the same as a Jackie Chan or a Sammo Hung or one of the more modern, uh, you know, uh, 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 action Thai actors or whatever that are yeah the Vietnamese yeah. guys are going you know uh, Indonesia with the raid mm-hmm. oh that but, was on my list I oh, love that movie yeah. there you go <laughs> no that that was my favorite martial arts movie of 2012 all the way they hands down <clears throat> gritty not so yeah. much uh, you know Walt Disney like uh, Wudong yeah, evidently yeah, I love that gritty <laughs> stuff man I love to watch a movie and cringe like for 90% mm-hmm. of it it's well, awesome. let's, what, what still I've watched the raid three times now what amazes me about it is they managed to mix in the show offy stuff along with the grit and everything else and keep that whole thing moving forward without ever being dull you mm-hmm. know there is a plot yeah. going on there um, not like I think the hallway game. scenes the infighting stuff yeah, oh, and they use the te- state-of-the-art special effects, you know, not super high budget, but they made it look realistic when somebody's getting their leg broken or getting stabbed right. in the side of the head with a knife, and they put a more <laughs> real. I mean, that's a, probably about as close as you can get to yeah. what it might look like if somebody actually could work their way through a hallway of dudes. Pay a hundred grand, but I'm really going to stick this leg in your, you know, this knife in your. Leg. No legs were broken on the actual production of this film. Oh, I think they were. That's the point. They're done in places other than America, where everybody's making enough money to say you're not ever training my child that way. Well, that's how Jackie came up. Exactly. All this stuff, yeah. Right. What, 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 what did you like about the raid, Steve? Uh, I, to me, it was just like Game of Death on crack, basically. <laughs> right. It's like, right. Bottom mean, to the top. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. I mean, it, it's it's a – I don't know, man. It, it, there are a few movies that I've seen, martial art movies, where when the movie is over, you know, and they sort of come in these periods, but like uh, where you just at the end of the movie kind of like – in silence, whoa, that was yeah. just awesome. And kind <laughs> like of inspired, felt, too. You know, you want to go yeah. out and start working out right afterwards. You know? I know. It's it's like a two-hour montage scene, that mm-hmm. uh, that movie. It's it's crazy. I mean, yeah. I felt the same way about uh, On Bach, Ty Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The first and, one uh, only. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, I was sore after I watched On Bach the first time for days afterwards because I realized after the movie ended that I was just, I was just tense. I'd been watching this thing. <laughs> That was that was just just tension all the way through and just 
You sure what maybe long stockings yeah. in your popcorn? Yeah. Uh, well, it starts out with people actually getting knocked out of twenty foot trees, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, you're watching two guys fight on top of a rolling semi with another one beside it, and they throw one of those guys off in between the trucks. That's what I'm saying. Like the movies that can do that, that really work like that, they're happening in places mm-hmm. where you can still abuse your children, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so human life next, is cheap, next, you know. <laughs> The next podcast is going to be how to how to search for a martial arts school in China, <laughs> as opposed to like yeah. what questions to ask. Yeah, and I could do all that if you it know, wasn't for grab. It's funny that that we brought this up about the actors. Um, the last year I used to live in Singapore, and last year I was there. Um, Lou, what's his name? Gordon Lou. Yeah. Um, they have this. They have this Shaw Brothers, a uh, Shaw building downtown Singapore. And uh, he was coming out and making this huge thing of searching for the next martial arts action star all around Southeast Asia and having these competitions and all this kind of stuff. Well, see, Very little came well, of it. And here, here's and, a little, and, the flip side of that. Circus Soleil mm. is looking for top wushu-style martial artists to, to perform in their circus acts. Interesting. And because, I mean, and they actually... You know, you work your ass off, but they pay about a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. But you do work your ass off. Oh yeah. But they are looking for people at that top level of martial arts of that wushu performing style martial arts. I think they're looking for top athletes as much as anything that have experience with with the kind of things that will work well in their shows, which is right. horribly flexible and 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 the and game. acrobatic and, and acrobatic. Yeah, 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 and willing to take risks. Frankly. Who's next on That's the? Not uh, me. Who's next on, <laughs> well, the, on the movie picks? Uh, another one on my list was Throwdown. Do you guys know Throwdown by Johnny Toe? Oh uh, no, I don't think I, I've I seen heard of that. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! All right, it's it's awesome. It's um, it's a Hong Kong film that focuses on judo, which is oh. actually kind of rare. I've heard there's a uh, movie. I thought it was called Judo, or maybe that's a different release of it. But I don't know. Th- this one came out in 2004. Johnny Toe is the director, and it's a homage to it's his homage to the Kurosawa films, and it's incredible. You have I saw it the first time here in New York. There was a um, you know martial arts film festival, and uh, I was like, oh wow, you know, uh, one about judo. I mean, people always ask me what's the best movie for grappling because it's hard to have really good action-packed grappling movies you know i mean the same the same reason that people boo when they start grappling too long in in fights it's but this movie is by far the most awesome uh the awesome it's you just got to see it it's incredible it's also awesome the fact that it's a chinese movie that's badass giving props to judo a japanese thing because they you know yeah a lot of people no love lost thing yeah yeah But uh, yeah, that's on. And the other one that I had on my list was Fighter in the Wind. Oh, which I've is, seen uh, that one, Masayama, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a Korean movie about Masayama because most people don't know Masayama was Korean. Yeah. And um, so this one also came out in 2004, same year. It was actually, I think, the sixth or seventh or something grossing, most grossing Korean film like of all time or something like wow. that. But uh, it's it's shot really well. Yeah, and both I of these actually own a copy of that one. I love that. I love that one. Yeah, that movie. Those so those are my tops. Dude, you got two new ones in there for me to check out. I am impressed. There you wow, go. Wow, cool. I right, used to watch yours? a shitload of martial arts movies. Um, 
You know, I'd put aside staff picking, and I was going to talk about uh, the man with the iron fist because I just watched right. it last night to throw <laughs> something new in. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to talk about that movie yet. What? <laughs> you haven't digested it quite enough? No, it's one of those things. It's a love-hate movie, and I loved it and hated it. Uh, I, so, it came out very recently. I remember yeah. seeing the previews for it. Yeah. No, there's some great you know scene shredding acting by some of the people in the movie there's some decent choreography mixed in with the fact that they didn't want to keep the camera on anybody for more than three seconds uh. there's some fancy weaponry and all that stuff that you would expect from an old school kind of Shaw Brothers kind of film they're really going for that like yeah. the, with the big fake hair and everything <laughs> on some right of the on, Chinese yeah. guys yeah but it's American version <clears throat> yeah it's kind of like trying to do that Tarantino thing with it and uh. Uh, you know I even have my problems with Tarantino's take on some of that but yeah. tried boy, but there were make pieces, it. like for one thing if the whole movie if the linchpin of the movie wasn't Riza <laughs> I think it might have succeeded a little better like I understand but it's also this is this guy's passion that's, project that's his right? whole thing yeah that's what he does he it's... poured all of his cred into getting this movie made and getting some people in it so I gotta appreciate that and yeah. I did appreciate moments of it he got some good referential stuff on there mm-hmm. But as far as like being a, a, a movie with great fights in it, nah, there's a lot of them. They're not great, though. They're right. really not that compelling, except for choice moments. Right. Uh, but when he does hit the nail on the head, like it does take you back full force into some of those Shaw Brothers days. And there's even a, a couple of points in the movie where I was like, oh, I wish they'd had the technology to do this back then. <laughs> because it's exactly what they were trying to do with that bad piece of wire work or whatever. Right. Overall, though, I you know I can't put it on my top ten list right. for the year. <laughs> it was cool, but left a sour taste in your mouth. It kind of did. It's you know again, I loved. It. I hated that movie. <laughs> uh, just anybody else see it? No, I haven't seen. I it, haven't man. seen it yet. Me neither. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't break your ankle running down to the video store. <laughs> I'll try. Not Who goes to. to the video store? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do they exist? What's video? I don't no, know. The only, the only kung fu movies I saw was Kung Fu Theater back in the 70s, and there I couldn't even tell you the name of Oh, no, I take that back. Five Fingers to Death. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, was my, that, was, that was my favorite martial art film because I've only seen punch. maybe three. Well, that one still holds up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This that wasn't that from, the poison thing? Wasn't that the poison? No, his hand no. turned red when he hit somebody. Yeah. It was great. Oh, okay, okay. It had magic in there. It was real. <laughs> magic powers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, shit. Uh, that's, a, that's a bunch of good movies thrown out there for people. Let's let's kick this right along because we don't want to make... Wait, you know, r- real quick. Oh, you got honor, it. Okay. Honorable mentions. Yeah, go for if it. If you haven't seen Ip Man and Ip Man 2... No, I love those. Do see those because yeah. they are... Donnie and rocks the house. Yeah, that dude just... that. That guy makes me uh, shiver yeah. on screen. He no, does, Donnie Yen still. He does he's got to be like fifty years old now too, and he's still doing parkour and movies. And you know, there's just this wonderful. He does grappling, and you know, he throws MMA in some of his movies. There's, it's, there, it's, there's this really there's, there's this wonderful way every Donnie Yen movie I've ever seen. There's this wonderful way that he comports himself on screen, and it really is the most calm ass whipping you're ever gonna get in your entire life. Right? <laughs> and I and I fucking love that. It's like I don't even. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, and it's gonna be very calm while I do it. I'm not, you know, like it, it's 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 just kind of a thing where I'm not gonna get worked up. You're just gonna have to take an ass beating. Oh, relax. You know? And I, and I love that. I, I it, there's something about that because it's not something you see. 
all too regularly, you know? I yeah, mean, but in those older, oh, in the 90s, when he was making those movies, there was always sort of the, uh, the uh, you know, the Jet Li or Donnie Yen character that was unflappable and never disturbed in a fight, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. They just casually <laughs> handled all comers. But somebody like Jet Li or Donnie Yen can actually sell that in a movie. Pull it right, off. yeah, right. exactly. Well, and that's the trick, right? You see that, I forget right, what movie it is, but Jet Li, that typical thing, he's standing there with the long, traditional Chinese robe. He's got the little sun standing there yeah. you know and he and he just no you go do it yeah bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice you flip your skirt up tuck it into your belt and get your umbrella ready and but, but, but yeah be, the, <laughs> the, the, the the choreography just as far as visually stunning those two movies are are really some of the fight scenes there are just oh yeah wow. and they're on our our nemesis netflix streaming so get out there and watch them <laughs> Uh, the first one's a little better than the second one, yeah, but uh, yeah. but Sam Hung plays a nice uh, uh-huh. a nice gang Same leader in the second one. In the one. second so one, yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah, worth absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, well, uh, Craig, kick us a couple of news stories real fast, and I'm going to cut that out and put the real news music in. <laughs> Hopefully you're referring to the one on Sesame Street with uh, Kermit the Frog here. Yeah. Hi, old right. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> no shit, that really was Kermit the Frog. No, it wasn't. April 20th. April 20th. Okay. That's the day to, to, to pay attention to. We got Grant Ratcliffe of Tweed's Head. Don't ask me where the hell that is. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> if you ever do them again. <laughs> nah, I doubt it. I doubt it. But anyway, so so check this out. This cat, all right, because he uh, he recently had his son in the hospital um, at Tweed's Head Public Hospital and stuff and, and realized that um, his local hospital needed a lot of uh, better equipment, you know, and needed some yeah. funding. So... This guy, being being a martial artist for over twenty years, decides on this this interesting way to help raise funds, and what he's going to do first ever world first attempt at completing a hundred consecutive rounds of MMA competition. No joke. A hundred three minute what? rounds. Yes, indeed. He says I'll be facing off against professional mixed martial arts practitioners with rounds including boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, and submission grappling. So I guess, you know, they're, they're going to section it off or whatever. Now, wait, if they choke him out in the 15th round, do they just keep choking him for another I should <laughs> 85 so. rounds to get the record for him? How I does mean, this work? I mean, obviously, it's going to be, I mean, with the whole setup, it's got to be a demo match. You know, right. I was, saying, I was thinking he'd And the school. general theme is sandbag. There you go. <laughs> He says, no martial artist has ever attempted this challenge in a mixed martial arts format, and only 17 people have ever completed the challenge in a karate format. Um, so, so what he's trying to do, like the 100-man kumite exactly. MMA style. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, he says, this he, is a new thing to me. How do I, so is this a thing, Steve? Kumite. kumite. That's, that's a Kyokushin thing. thing, yeah. You have to fight 100 guys in a row? or Yeah, yeah well... 
Go ahead. Just as an aside, I watched I at the Kyokushin camp that that I teach at. I've I've witnessed a couple of tests, like first degree black belt, um, where he had to fight ten guys, and they bring in fresh ten ten fresh guys. I actually was a one of the fighters that they brought in to fight the guy, and then uh, but this is all knockdown karate rules, mm-hmm. and then I I witnessed a a guy attempt his third degree test, which was to fight thirty times. And there was about six guys that would rotate through the 30 times, but he didn't make it. He made it through about 18, I wow. think, or 19. That's still pretty impressive, though. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're two-minute rounds. They're quick. and they're and But it's the thing is, like, the, my friend that runs the test, he has a sort of like a implemented a three-knockdown rule mm. just, you know, for safety reasons. But, um, <laughs> you know, in the original old school ones, the old school Kyokushin test, you get knocked out, they wake you up and you just keep, keep fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, well, you'd almost have to do it that way to make it through a hundred dudes. I would think. Dude, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, see how it's even possible. I'd think you'd be dead by then. I mean, seriously. I, I mean, just even taking go, one there's some video around. Go, if you go to my friend's Facebook wall, uh, I think he actually has some video posted of the famous one. Um, it's mixed martial arts history. Is the name of the group on oh, yeah, Facebook? Yeah. It's got a lot of cool stuff on there. It's mm-hmm. good, good blog. Well, kudos to this cat Ratcliffe. Um, you know, with this, he's hoping to raise enough funds to get a blood pressure machine, a glidoscope, and and all this different stuff just for his local hospital. It'll be the it, first. It'll, user, it'll all be right? used on him after the thing <laughs> exactly. is over. <laughs> exactly. Well, as I, win or lose, I hope they get that. <laughs> so, I mean, is this the kind of thing where it's like sponsoring him per mile, like for a, for a twenty four hour run no, or no, something no, like no, that, no. like. No, like, but I'll, um, I'll sponsor you through five dudes. If you make it through five yeah. dudes, you get you know the X number of dollars. Or so whatever. this is evidently in Australia. Um, <laughs> if you'd like more information to donate money, anything like that, you can visit TCMA. I know a guy AU. over there named Dimitri Kors who would be very interested. <laughs> <laughs> nice. See, you get along well with it. See, that's why we keep having you back, man. <laughs> I like you. I really do like. You. All right, moving along. Um, on a, a Blue Ridge Kung Fu Academy is hosting a kung fu demonstration and fundraiser from seven to nine p.m. Friday um, in Boone, North Carolina. The cool thing about this, um, you know, they charge you to get in, all this good stuff. They have a bake sale and silent auction, all that stuff. But they're actually trying to do good for their community and raise money uh, for uh, one of their. Uh, students, family members, kidney transplant. And uh, so that's that's really kind of cool, you know. Mm. Today we don't have too many of the uh, super bad stories. I'm trying to keep, you know, a little positive spin on it. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> and now after I've said that, uh, let me go into this. Dutch kickboxing legend Ramon mm. Deckers has passed away recently at age mm. 43. Um, a serious misfortune has struck, uh, struck him and the Muay Thai community as reports have surfaced that legendary Dutch striker Ramon Diamond Deckers has passed away recently. Uh, they're coming out of his hometown, Breda, uh, in, in what, Netherlands, I guess it's technically called. But he was riding his motorbike and collapsed in a tunnel uh, after feeling lightheaded. Um, a few bystanders attempted to kind of help him before the emergency vans came and all that good stuff, but uh, he was just out, you know. He now to give you some perspective, he's a former eight-time world champion of, in Muay Thai, 
uh, one of the first Dutch kickboxers to really kind of make an impact in Thailand. Uh, he was instrumental in helping spread the art uh, in the Netherlands, and he'll be remembered for his accomplishments and in and out of the ring. So kudos to you while you're alive, and sorry you passed, brother. And, Absolutely, and that yeah. it just sort of brings to mind the whole dichotomy we deal with in martial arts. On one side, we're supposed to be preserving ourselves to the best possible degree, but... I mean, I remember hearing about this guy, and I wasn't mm-hmm. into Muay Thai or anything. He was a tough customer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, made a real name for himself. But uh, he took an unimaginable amount of punishment. Beating. Yes. He really did. So it's something that, you know, we all as martial artists, I'm not trying to be a nanny here. You know, do what moves you. You know, get out there and do it however you feel the way to do it is. But, you know, you're in got- the business of taking strikes. It's going to take. You know, right. It's just the whole thing. How do you, you know, balance in your martial arts so you survive and, uh, you know, protect yourself? It's how tough do you have to be? Damn, that might be a topic for another show. Uh, yeah, no I've doubt. been hit in the head several times and it hadn't affected me. It hadn't affected me. It hadn't. Affected- <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we call a callback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, just uh, one last kind of local thing. This is kind of goofy, but um, recently, as you know, uh, uh, finally got to meet a kind of cousin or uncle of mine in in my own style, um, Northern Shaolin, Kisu, who um, did a lot of the choreography planning and and directing for um, uh, Avatar, Avatar, The Last Day Airbender, uh, Korra, and also he had his hands in uh, the Kung Fu Panda series. Anyway, cool. he, he and I do the, the same style, and we've known each other via the internet and phone for like 20 years, but he recently came to town for a, an anime convention, and myself and, and a bunch of my students went out and, and hung out with him, and it was a great thing because he taught uh, at the end of the, um, what do you call it, convention on Sunday, he taught a, a seminar for one of his uh, forums, the same form that I teach my students, and the majority of my students already know that form, but it was his version. And I told, you know, pretty much all of my students, you're going to go, you're going to pay him money for the seminar, and you're going to learn this stuff. Because I wanted them to see, even though this is the same style, different guy, different flavor, different everything, it's going to bring you a, a new level to shit you already know. Um, and that was something that was just kind of a, a highlight for me to be able to, you know, get them to do that. Because it reinforces the idea, regardless, you know, of of what you know about something there's always another variable another way to look at it to to up your game and stuff so it was a cool event you know yeah well I, sounds I think, real cool yeah i think it's good that everybody at the table here anyway is comfortable with sending people no matter what we do look at the other way of doing it mm-hmm. and that, that, i think that's something especially with traditional martial arts that has crippled us over the last you know couple of decades is secretism and just hiding your martial art. Yeah. Ego and all that stuff. It's a matter of dragging that into the modern age where it's the information age and it's easy to, it's easy to share and and, and by God you should, because that's, that's what, you know, because yeah. it's there and know, it's, it's for no other reason than just, it's only bad for you. If you're a charlatan, you know, right. 
Otherwise, just There's be honest. There's plenty of them out there. Show what you do and learn from what everybody else does. Okay. <laughs> Better yourself. You Let know. me go get my guitar. I'm about to play Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow we went very new agey Kitaro here. Or reach out, hold my hand here, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your hand. All right, well, I got to go now. <laughs> because, I mean, we are, my we, wife wants me to come home, so I got to go. We are really just one world, one consciousness, one spirit, one, one people. Did you just squirt that through the mic? microphone again uh, well shit my face is all wet that's not the only thing oh, oh lord oh, all right time. you know what i think we brought this around but i just uh i just want to say here at the end of this one year anniversary podcast uh thanks to everybody yes, uh, for listening for participating in this thing with us for sending us emails uh, you know being supportive on the Facebook page thanks to all that uh, Steve you've been instrumental whether you liked it or not uh, <laughs> I just have to tell you that <laughs> Happy I really, to finally talk with you <laughs> yeah, I want to commend Steve too it's not just with the high out podcast this guy is out there working tirelessly on social media and getting out there FaceTime with people in public. He is all over the place pushing martial arts forward. He's non-denominational, and he's willing to preach to your congregation. So, <laughs> no doubt. When we took our little break, one of the one of the greatest things since I was so you know happy. It's the first time we actually got to talk. We've been on you know missing each other episode wise. Yeah. But uh, was the fact that yeah you know you 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 deal in it in a completely different style, and yet some of the things you were saying, I was like, we agree on the exact same points, and I find that. Over and over again, you know, yep. and it's just, it's, it's wonderful, you know. And personally, I look forward to meeting you and showing your style ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is the big one. That is the big one. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what Big Al's here for. <laughs> Actually, he'll show you the press tam, but that's for another story. <laughs> I'll do s- that one when uh, my, my, uh, my video camera can focus <laughs> <laughs> or unfocus. As it yeah. Actually, okay. next time it breaks down, ask for it. Uh, yeah. And uh, to Jeremy, thank you so much for helping us get this puppy off the ground hey, you know, in, in the my, air. It was my pleasure. We are going to miss really you, was. brother. It really, we really don't. Look at me over here. I'm all professional. I got I my know, board. Right? I'm going to show this to Steve. Look at all the oh, flashing yeah. lights and shit that I have to deal it's with. It's like fucking Star Trek in the joint. My little, Dave, my little Dave's all grows up over here. Yeah. He does grow up. Whoop. Oh, shit. which one of those? Which one of those calls your mom to pick you up? What happened? (laughs) You unplugged something. Uh, The headphone app, I think. There it is. There, there it is. is. Okay. Oh, okay. We were still recording. <laughs> nice. That's all right. Look More at how pro you. I've gotten. And, and, <laughs> and, and I, I, I do just want to take a second and say just for old time's sake. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love you too. <laughs> I, love, I love all of you. I, I sense I love, a callback coming. I do. I do. No, no. What, what but, do you got just, for just, us? Just for old time's sake. You can check us out on the web at com. That's H-I-Y-A-A podcast.com um, where you can get to the Facebook portals and you can like us on the Facebook and the Google Plus and the so on and the so forth. And the forth. Twitter. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, yeah. we rarely mention this, but if you want to reach Craig at com or Dave at com, we do have our own little individual Hi-Ya emails. Yeah, you can do that. And they will accept money. Oh. Yeah, no applause. Please throw please, money. Please, uh, <laughs> and please subscribe via via iTunes. Uh, uh, rate and review on iTunes, please. We'd very much appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, Steve, before we sign off yeah. here, do you have anything you want to let people know about? Anything Pimp you want to put eyeballs brother. on? Yeah. 
Uh, well, I wanted to thank you guys for letting me, you know, share and be a part of this whole process. It's been really cool. Um, you know, just like you, like you, like you say with martial arts, you got to be open to stuff. And I think not everybody starting out on a project would be so willing to have some total stranger just come in and, and help them out, you know? So thanks for that. Uh, nothing else important coming around. You can, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Sambo Steve. Uh, you'll get more activity than you will from the High Podcast Twitter. So you <laughs> true, indeed. Damn, <laughs> we haven't scheduled any damn thing. It's just like whenever Dave does it, he does it. Whenever I do it, I do it. It's not well. You know, I got. I, I will say this just so the listeners kind of have an idea why it's so bad. I'm not saying I'm ever going to be a big Twitter guy, but right after we got live on Twitter, Twitter's something you do with your phone. Am I right about this? Most you can, of you, you can do it anywhere. I know you can do it. Computer too. Uh, Phone, computer. You can, but you, because it's such a small, you know, sixty-four characters, whatever the hell it is. Well, you know. My Motorola smartphone is getting dumber by the minute, and over the last month, <laughs> that's it's, what it is. It stopped it's doing text. It stopped letting me know I had voicemails. It stopped oh, letting no. me get emails. It literally, I've got a smartphone in my pocket. All it does is make phone calls now. What? It's not a smartphone. All right, I can't Twitter. Here, I got to fix. Here's that. what you do, man. Okay. You go to your Facebook page. And go to the little button that says settings. Yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. can actually post link your Facebook page to your Twitter. Oh. So every time you post on your Haya Facebook page, it will tweet. You what know you what? Post. Tweet, 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 tweet. tweet. <laughs> A little light just came oh, on over and my there, head. And, and suddenly, <laughs> and suddenly. Learned something. Well, all that's coming up next year, folks. Year two of Haya, the martial arts podcast. We're gonna tweetify you. We're gonna we're gonna really try to keep things coming forward. And also, just as a final note, I hope uh, you know things are breaking out. We I've got another kid on the way. There's all sorts of stuff Congratulations. happening. Congratulations! Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, this also means I'm gonna have to work I'm not a lot jealous, more. By the way, <laughs> you have another kid on the way. Oh shit! Big Al just got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't keep track of who knows what here. We'll talk about that in a second, Big Al. <laughs> Yes, indeed. And I promise not to point that thing at your house. <laughs> like, what is wrong Ty with you people? said you wasn't supposed to point it at her again. <laughs> and she's, something came squirting out the microphone. <laughs> she's got to sleep sometime. Anyway. <laughs> hey, no, no, really. This is oh, my no, wife. No, yeah, yeah, okay. It was all consensual. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. God. Don't let her listen to this episode, my friend. Oh, she listens to all of them, oh. not like you guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. But in any event, uh, you know, there may be more of those just me and somebody being interviewed episodes coming up in the future because those are something like if I get a free three or four days, if I line it up right, I can bank a few of those. So you may not get this raucous all round table high out thing every time, <laughs> but I, I've actually I've really enjoyed doing those episodes. Just the last few with Ryan Hall and Karina yeah. Sorrentioni. I kind of butchered her name there. It's all right. uh, Manuel Andrade. Those were all fascinating to me. So those will be you know they'll be a little less all over the place, but I, I enjoy doing those too. And we're going to try to keep content coming at you one way or the other. I'm, I'm going to keep you guys. I'm going to keep you guys informed as to uh, when the podcasts I'm working on are going to drop. But uh, magnificent audio. Productions.com is the website that I'm working on trying to put together right now. So uh, right. that also hasn't launched yet, but <laughs> it shall soon. I'll it have shall, my hand it, in that it, a little it, bit. It shall soon. Yeah. We're we're working on that diligently. So well, you know, from being the 
fourth wheel out of three. <laughs> what? Yeah, I really do appreciate what everything has, has happened here in your last year of everybody's input. This is actually something you can see that Dave has actually found something he not only likes and loves to do, but does well. But he but he enjoys doing. Hey, it. Is, is, isn't it just and fun it to watch? Makes, isn't it just he, fun to watch he him is, glow? He is. He just diff- glows. Is it different as night and day? And this is one of the rare times we can get him to shut up and quit telling me why I'm wrong. And, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it when he takes Steve, his personal arguments. I appreciate on the, yeah, this I opportunity to meet you, and I really would look. We I really do look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, indeed. Same here, yeah, man. Same here. Do. All just right, keep well, dinging him about Black Mountain. Just uh, don't uh, let that drop. Know, we'll, he brought we'll, it up. More don't of that later. Drop. More of that later. <laughs> uh, but anyway, folks, let's go ahead and sign this one off before we break our arms patting each other on the back. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we'll sign off as we usually do with a hearty on the count of three. One, two, three. Hi. to do it all.